Hi, I'm Maggie Hackett. And I'm Mary Frances Calandri. And you're listening to Between, Between the, the Bookends, Book which is a weekly podcast series about two young writers and their experiences. Uh, this week's topic is plot development, so we're going to kind of go into some detail about that. We're going to go over the various types of plot structure as well as the crucial um, sec- pieces of each of the, the sections elements of plot. that are kind of essential to the plot. Yeah, and we, Maggie and I will also be referencing our own works uh, in reference to this because it's obviously the easiest thing for us to do, or we can also reference uh, read books we've read. So we're going to jump right in. Um, the basic plot structure is pretty simple. Beginning, middle, end. <laughs> Mm-hmm. But there's also a more complex structure. Usually, um, it begins with now. I'm trying. Now I'm blanking on what it begins with. It's like that introductory um, phase. Yeah, I think there's. It's like an introductory, introductory and, and then, then conflict. It, 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 intru- mm-hmm. con- tr- introducing the conflict. Then there's the rising action, mm-hmm. which is the longest piece of the pyramid. Yes, it if is. If you follow us, because <laughs> it, it it it's it's literally a. It's it's slanted a, line going yes. up. <laughs> it's a, it's a, but it's it's very gradual, mm-hmm. and the high point of that line is the climax of the story, which is the high point of the most action occurring in a story. And kind of like a turning point too. Yes, and I've also seen um, s- structures where the turning point and the plot are too. So I mean, those could be also different because the climax could result in the turning point as well, and then after that is the falling action, mm-hmm. and then the resolution or conclusion. Yeah. So that is the basic um, plot structure, and that's what Maggie and I are going to kind of focus on today. Yeah, and um, usually with the the falling action and the conclusion, the falling action is usually shorter um, than the rising action yes. um, after the climax, but sometimes um, it depends on you know, if the book is going to have a sequel, um, if it's going to continue on, or it might have an epilogue, which kind of does like a little roundup of everything that's happened, which could also kind of be like a, a resolution, I suppose, too. But it, that that can vary from novel to novel as well. It just depends on how you want to end your book or, you know, lead it into the next book of your series. So the key with um, the beginning of the book and the um, baseline, I think, is you need to be able to grab the reader um, with your main characters, um, which is another topic we'll just be discussing in a couple weeks, are characters, because in my opinion, you don't have a story without characters. Definitely. You, you really just don't. So you have to be able to introduce your characters and the basic problem of your story. And this is also the first time where you're kind of introducing the personality of, well, most of the time your main character, um, but sometimes you know it could be like a supporting character as like a, a beginning in the prologue or something. But um, yeah, you're, you're introducing a personality, so you want to... Um, you know, reflect how you feel about the characters to your readers and make sure that um, it's something that's going to interest them too. Easily. And basically, I, I consider the that part to be pretty brief because pretty soon you get into the rising action of your story. Yeah. You're basically, it's. I would say it's the first chapter is when you're establishing all of this. You're establishing who your characters are and what the problem kind of is. You may not even necessarily necessarily find out what the problem is right away. I, I've noticed. With, Sometimes it's kind of like a mystery. With dreams, there's multiple problems. It depends on which portion of the story you're talking about. Mm-hmm. Because I'm currently working, as I think most of the listeners know, on a story in dual time periods, like half of the story takes place in the past and half of it takes place in 2016. Therefore, it's a different set host of problems in each section. So, I'm 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 introducing in my prologue of my book. I'm introducing the problems of 
what's going on in 2016 and in chapter one I'm introducing the pro the problems of 1976 so for me it actually took a little longer to do my introduction piece because also my book is going to be probably seven to eight hundred pages so entirely different entirely different setup because of the length of the book and the length of the book often does impact some of the parts of the story in their length mm -hmm. um but I would say that those are the most crucial pieces of the introductory and uh, conflict piece. Yeah. Um, after that, you move into the rising action section, and that's where you start um, seeing the, your characters facing, um, and I lost my word, they're facing um, adversion and um, adversity. Thank you. Or even like um, an adversarial character, yes. antagonist, if you will, will be... Um, kind of presented or some kind of problem if it's not actually a person antagonist it could be a problem antagonist um that'll be introduced in the rising action and that kind of follows through um the whole of the rising action until of course you get to the climax and then that'll kind of also yeah, what shift. goes yes also what goes on in the rising action is a host of little problems that little events that kind of will lead up to the climax that maybe set off the climax yeah, yeah. Um, because I know, uh, I'm actually going to reference a book I've written before called uh, Helen Heels. I've talked about it before. Um, I'm thinking back of it right now because their climactic scene of Helen Heels is a scene, is a hostage situation in a boardroom. But things had led up to that, such as um, a woman being tripped down the stairs, being pushed down the stairs, um, a woman just being generally doing a lot of very stalker-like borderline personality things. <laughs> so those were all little events and you're kind of like, what's she going to do next? What's she going to do next? And then it was a hostage situation was the big climactic moment of that book. So the little things, like little events. With my book Dreams, it's a little harder because the story actually, it's, it's kind of unconventional in its setup and I, I, I really love it actually. But little events kind of in my book, I can, I'm calling them, I'm going to call them snapshots. Because mm -hmm. my book's taking place over the course of 40 years, you're not going to be able to record every event that happened in 40 years. So you have to do snapshots. So snapshot one from 1976 is Chrissy and Steve meeting at the Troubadour Bar. And then there's snapshots that go all the way through to 2016, but 2016 is a lot clearer and more linear of a story than anything prior to the 2016 portion of the story. The other ones are kind of the snapshots and the rising action in a way. Yeah, that's true. I feel like um, a lot of the rising action definitely is kind of like little events that trigger a larger event, which is the climax. So basically it helps kind of um, develop your writing further as you're um, like stripping away bits of the mystery that mm -hmm. is gonna happen later in the book. Sometimes you're gonna do foreshadowing um, which might help Definitely. give your readers little hints or even maybe push them in a different direction if you want to do like be like haha readers I got you. Yeah you can do a little um, twist there if, if your character thinks one thing but really another thing's gonna happen and it's gonna totally surprise you. So that's a fun part about that. That's, be creative. I, I want to actually talk about um, all that too because in in dreams I'm working on a um, something. It's funny the readers don't the readers know parts of it because the thing with writing first person perspective is the readers know everything that the, whoever they're talking in the perspective knows. So 
I, I'm trying to explain this plot twist without telling you guys the plot twist so that you'll read my book. <laughs> One of the characters has an unexpected connection to another character. That's how I'll say it. And you, it's very, I'm leaving it very mysterious toward the, in the first four or five chapters. Then you do find out the bombshell. The problem is the other characters do not know this bombshell. Hmm. So there's that. But I'm leading, it has to do with parentage. The thing is, I'm leaving open who the other parent is to the story. And oh. I, my, re, my, my critique partners, um, she thinks that it's a certain character in the book. And I'm sitting there going, <laughs> I'm laughing because I want to lead them on that track. But I purposely didn't do that with the book. Because um, I, I want the relationship between those two characters to be parental but not because of it because it's a biological nature thing so i guess that's my easiest way of saying it but it's something that yeah it's that fun kind of adding the foreshadowing but adding little hints and seeing what direction the readers take it because i can see what direction it's being taken already but i i, I just for some reason i i thought about doing it that way the way the readers interpreted it but a i thought it was too predictable Mm. B, I just, it didn't fit for me. Because at this point, I don't even know if those two characters ever have sex. I still haven't quite decided. <laughs> like, I haven't decided how far their relationship goes. I know there's going to be something there. But I just don't know if it's... I think I have to get further in the story to decide if that's right anyway. I had an idea for doing it, but... Anyway. So, that, I think... Huh. I think that's a fun part of that is, like Definitely. Maggie said, kind of leading the even your critique partners who are like professional writers as well, kind of leading them and seeing yeah. where they go, and you're kind of laughing. <laughs> you d I just think it's very funny. I find, it is funny. I find it quite amusing. So, but I think that's part of the fun of rising action is not only do you get to do that, but you're also getting to know your characters really well and kind of getting to explore the layers, mm -hmm. and um, you get those quiet moments kind of in there a little bit too uh, that you won't get when you get more to like, its climactic point. Um, I'm actually using a pop culture example because it's kind of an easy way to think of the whole plot structure thing. Um, some shows work by half seasons. Some TV shows. Um, I'm thinking of one in particular. Maggie's going to make fun of me. Uh, I use once, I'm going to use Once Upon a Time as an example if anybody watches it. So the show goes by half seasons and at the beginning you're kind of introduced to whatever arc they decide to go into and that first episode or two of the 12 12 11 or 12 episode arc is introductory then you kind of got episodes that gradually push up the action then you hit a climactic point around the ninth or tenth episode probably actually that climactic point actually probably remains until about through those last three episodes and then you'll have a falling action piece and kind of a resolution, but then it'll spike up again because um, they're trying to lead you in the next arc. But it, I think that show is a primary example of how they kind of use the rising action mm -hmm. in a good way because they, they fill you in with little backstories and little relationship stuff going on with various characters. Yeah, and that's a great opportunity for backstories and all it, that. It is. Character development, really. It, it really is. Action. I mean, that show, the way they've structured it, and being, I think by half seasons is actually very smart. Because mm -hmm. you're kind of splitting it up then and kind of giving different focuses. 
every half per half of the season. So that's kind of another way you can look at uh, plot structures looking at a TV show because they, they usually have that plot structure down. Yeah, definitely. Especially if they want to like keep readers coming, or not readers, viewers. watchers, viewers coming back, um, you know, season after season, show after show, because you know, otherwise they they'd have to cancel if they don't get enough viewers. Exactly. Um, another thing that um, we could say is part of um, creating kind of a plot and kind of a guiding your readers along in some kind of mystery mysterious direction um, is the use of recurring. Um, objects or themes or even like phrases or words. Um, I know I'm thinking of like Silence of the Lambs, you have the Death's Head Moth, which is a recurring mm -hmm. um, theme, which is obviously symbolic. Mm -hmm. um, and a bunch of other um, novels and movies have that too. Um, can you think of any? Well, I'm going to use my own book. I'm oh, sorry. Okay. I'm going to use my own book. Um, oh, the Heels, right? In Helen Heels, yeah, the shoes constantly <laughs> mm -hmm. come up because of that. Um, I'm trying to think of something in my other in, in dreams that comes up, but I haven't really had a had an object that comes up yet. Um, more of the theme is though um, dreams is the theme of the book actually, and it's my kind of whole philosophy of the book comes in three phrases, and the phrases are dreams lost, dreams found, dreams rediscovered, and that's how I summarize the book in a lot of ways in my head because. It's about losing the dreams that you think you want, but maybe you don't. It's about finding the dreams that really are part of you, and it's about rediscovering the dreams that brought you to where you are in the first place. And I think that's the core of what this story is about, because it's all about, originally, it's about this guy dreaming to have his dream girl. Then it becomes about having the perfect family, and then it just becomes about being content with his life. It's, it's, it's a very much a... Um, story about the human condition and wanting more than what you have but not realizing that what's in front of you might just be what you need what, you need. what makes you happy and I think <laughs> and the thing is my character is not a selfish character he's just like you and me but he's like everyone else he's kind of um, restless and uh, he, he, he there was just a person he loved and he couldn't it, it's not that she didn't care back, but there was just circumstances that kept them apart. And it's it, this story is just, I think it hits so many nerves for so many people because it's about love, it's about family, it's about the music business, it's about so many things. And they all come into this one story and it weaves together 40 years of narrative. And I'm really proud of it. And uh, I just think this that, the, that that that's the theme. That's how a theme can be woven in. Mm. But uh, I, that's kind of the theme I'm trying to weave in, is that the story talks about how he, his dream was to come to California, and that's what he did. And he The dream, the word will come up. I mean, it's not like overwhelming theme. I think it's something that the reader will have to think about, but they'll, they'll understand, I think, eventually. That's awesome, too, that the dream kind of, I mean, not the dream, the theme, <laughs> kind of spans across, well, Will, um, all, the whole of your novels. Yeah. Because it's a series. It will be a, it'll be, well, a, it'll be, it'll be, it'll be a duet, is what, ironically, it's a music series, <laughs> and it'll be, we'll call it a duet, because there'll be two books. So, yes, it will kind of span, in a way, the both books, because um, 
Yes, yeah, because um, we're going to follow up with um, two younger characters in the uh, following. And it will only take, it'll take place over the course of uh, probably about five years, I would say. It'll, yeah. it'll, be a sh it'll be a much shorter span than the first book, but it's more, of a, it's more of a core love story. But it's about all the adversity you can face with um, fame and uh, money and family and uh, losing parts of your identity. And uh, I think that'll be more the theme of the book. And also, um, being faithful will be a huge part of that book. Um, not that either of my characters are unfaithful, but having faith in each other. So I think that's another thing. I, it, that's actually a theme of both books. But uh, the, the, those are kind of the themes. I, I guess in this book, these are more, this is more of a literary story than I've ever written. So it is more thematically based rather than a romance novel where it's, there are themes in those, but this is more of a life theme in my opinion. So that got really philosophical, philosophical <laughs> and deep, but I love it. Um, you explained it so beautifully. Well, thank you. <laughs> I'm very proud of this story. I'm very proud. Oh, I can't wait for you to be finished so I can read it. <laughs> well, you're contributing, remember. So. Oh, well, true. Maggie um, is actually helping me. Um, one of the characters, several of the characters in my books are singers, and we're working on a song that will be included in the books. So mm -hmm. Maggie will also have credit in Dreams because she helped me is helping me co-write this wonderful song. So, so excited about kudos it. Kudos to Maggie, too. We'll be working on that after the podcast. Yeah. Um, so... Um, we can talk about Climax now. We can. And kind of falling action, too. Yeah. Um, so, well, okay, so you got your rising action, mm -hmm. and you're leading up to a Climax. So how do you do that? Well, um, I guess, like, you kind of have to come to a point in your character's time where either an event occurs... Something kind of shocking drives almost happens. Them. Something drives them. Something drives them that's gonna maybe change them in the end. Something mm -hmm. that will change them. I think that's a big part of um, a novel is something that will have an effect on the character and change them. Or perhaps maybe like they don't even change from something that's dramatic true. that happens. That's true. Like I then that just shows their character um, even more like who they are. Um, Absolutely. Like sometimes you could have some like tragic event that happens and you know they had you know they're they're lost and they were sad for a while but then in the end they're still the same person mm -hmm. um or you could have somebody that got completely changed by that event and now they're depressed and living as a hermit or something like that <laughs> but um it all just depends on you know your character and where it goes i think um with romance novels it's kind of an interesting thing too like because you can approach the climax in so many ways because um, i know i've approached it in a variety of ways i tend to like to uh, tie a little crime into my romance novels just because it kind of no offense it makes it a little easier to um to kind of prompt things to happen but a lot of times by the time that event happens the characters are always on, already on the rocks with their relationship because they're either uncomfortable with the state of their relationship or something else has happened um i know in um i know in um i'm trying to think of a book currently i know in uh, unbound when the characters um there's a, there's going to be a um hostage it's kind of like a hostage situation in that book too i have a theme with that i like those i guess it's easy but 
the characters had already kind of been pulling away from each other or having issues because he um, had been in a car accident due to the individual who takes these other individuals hostage. So he was the he because he was bitter and she was bitter and it was just kind of um, their relationship's already on the rocks. And I think it just that I think that's always a good way to approach it in romance. However, in some ways, I also think sex can be a climax too. <laughs> that's ironic. ironically. That's ironic. Can be a you know a, a turning point. A turning point. Thank you. A turning point. That's better, Ray. That doesn't sound <laughs> quite so horrible. <laughs> it can be a turning point to um, a romance because for some well, for some characters, sex isn't a big deal. It may not. It may be very um, lightly mentioned even in the books. I've I've found that. But um, with a book I'm planning to write uh, following dreams called Ideal Hero, um, sex is actually going to be crucial because it's going to change both of my characters. Mainly because one character has body issue, body issues and another character has issues um, with his masculinity. Well, the male has issues with his masculinity <laughs> and the woman has ish- body issues. So you they they're both it's validating themselves in a way and not even it's 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 about being intimate but it's about validating themselves to themselves it's about feeling good too about themselves and feeling confident in the in their own skin and i think that's going to be a huge turning point so i i'm not even i'm still unsure of how to go about that quite in the story but it's going to be important but the, I mean, the, the other climax. I think the thing is also climactic issues don't have to be a single event. I think it can be a series almost of um, just earth-shattering things, or a couple of earth-shattering things mm-hmm. that come together close in proximity within our, your story. Definitely, because I think everybody tends to nail down the climax as a single event. It's not. That's true. Because you need most of the time it's not. <laughs> in life, sometimes it can be, but yeah. But I mean, usually there's other contributing factors. Definitely, yeah. So, I mean, with 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 um, ideal hero, I think it will definitely be that way, more that way than dreams. Dreams, I feel like, is going to have a much subtler climax than any other book I've written. Simply because I'm telling the story from both ends. I call it both ends of the story, because I'm fill- all I'm doing really is filling in the gaps. So the climax, I mean, I kind of know where the climax is going to fall. My issue is going to be with that climax is um, approaching it. Because I'm, un- I mean, I know how my character is going to handle it, but, and it, and it's going to change him dramatically. But it, the problem is that change takes place over the course of a couple of years. Hmm. It's not an automatic change. And that'll be interesting too, because that just shows um, more information about the character too. He's he's honestly one of the most complex characters I've ever written, and I consider him to be one of the most normal characters I've ever written, but he's still one of the most complex. I can't wait to continue writing him, and uh, all of my all of my first-person point-of-view characters in this book, honestly, because every one of them is so dynamic and so interesting, and uh, they will all bring something. I mean, I, I, I know it's a lot to write five different perspectives, but I feel like all five are needed in this book because you need five different points of view. And, uh, and then the following book will only be, um, I believe, two points of view. But I, it's also a different kind of story. 
it's going to be focused more on two characters than one central character, and it's also going to be more focused on their relationship rather than a plethora of other issues. So, I think that's, but Climax, I think it can be a series of events, but it needs to be a high tension point, and it needs to yeah. be, it, it can either, I would say it can lead to a turning point. Yeah. Because I would say true. the turning point would usually, I mean, the climax can be the turning point, but I would say it can also lead to a turning point. Mm -hmm. 